podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Hi everyone, and today we're with Gemma Butler and James Farmer from CIM. The first time we've had this pairing together on the CIM podcast. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Really good, thanks. Feeling festive. Feeling festive. Are you sick of Christmas yet, Gemma? I hate Christmas. Yeah. You hate it? What, 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 what is it about it that you dislike? Well, I'm sure I'll share that with you as we go through this podcast. But um, yes, I just uh, it's the fact that it starts so early, I think. Um, it takes probably, what, two months of um, Christmas tunes going round and round in your head to really trash the magic of Christmas really. By the time you sort of wind up and leave the office on Friday the 20th of December or whenever it is, um, there is a danger you're going to be sick of it, even for you James who claims mm. to like this. No I do, I do like Christmas but I think there are certain elements that we'll obviously come on to talk about now which, which are slightly grating and it's, it, you know, are we part of the problem or part of the solution as marketers? That's I think the ultimate question isn't it? Well marketers I think have been responsible over the years for turning this whole thing into a cliche, haven't they? Which doesn't really reflect the Christmas that most people have, does mm-hmm. it? let's face it. You know, it, 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 most marketing campaigns are based around an idyllic, almost saccharine image of Christmas, around a gigantic dinner table, huge perfect turkey. Yeah. Everyone's getting on famously for a whole fortnight. Mm. You know, there's light snow falling outside. How many of us have had Christmases like that? Very few, I would suggest. Yes, me too. I think, uh, yeah, as all the food comes out, they don't show people sat there arguing. They don't show, you you know, the person cooking the food in the kitchen coming out with a sweat on because they've literally been in a hot, (laughs) steamy kitchen. You know, kids are fighting over toys. You know, the reality of Christmas is very, very different from the adverts that we see. Certainly the adverts have been pumping out of the TV since Mm. the 1st of November, which is when I saw the first Argos ad and... To be honest, it's put me off the song, as have many of the adverts, because they literally are on constantly. Yeah. The little advert, though, is trying to tap into that reality, though, isn't it? The, or, you know, the, 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 the sort of the Christmas you can believe in. It There's, is a lot more real. Yeah. The little one is the most realistic one we've seen. It's nice still, and yeah. they, you know, they aren't punching each other as they disagree and agree of what to purchase, but... It's the reality. It's the it, realest Christmas advert we've seen. It's halfway along the scale from sort of traditional Christmas ad yeah. versus EastEnders Christmas. Yeah. It's, sort of, yeah. it's sort of in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. I particularly liked in this ad the when they're trying, they're all together, when they're trying to get the sort of remote part of the family who are probably oh, in the video. States, yeah, yeah. They hit up the iPad, and after about a second and a half, it starts buffering. Yeah, the wheel of death. The wheel of death appears. Yeah. That is, to me, Christmas Day in a nutshell. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it stands out from the pack because of that, you know. And this is the thing, is that everything, everyone sort of, everyone everyone continues the same conversation at Christmas when it comes to adverts. They, they, they you know, they drop other conversations that they've been leading, perhaps throughout the rest mm. of the year, but and they just all fall into this same trap of um, storytelling, emotive storytelling. And, and I think Lidl's advert at least stands out sort of, memorably because it tries to do something different and actually is this the sort of the turning point or the beginning tip of the iceberg whatever well, is it a bit of a nativity paradox do you think Gemma and the, 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 the school school head teachers think that because a certain group of parents always want a nativity they have to produce a nativity even though most parents say well I know what happens in that story I've now seen it 
15 times by the time my child goes into their GCSEs. And therefore, <laughs> if they don't fall into this cliche, they will be attacked for it. I think people have just come to expect it now, haven't they, as you say? Um, and they expect it to be emotive, they expect it to tug at the heartstrings. I think the little example is great because it's actually, it's taking the shopper journey and showing that they know what their shopper journeys are at it's Christmas. The and they, truce they've again, just yeah. the human truth. There's someone yeah. goes in, this is what they buy, they try and choose between stuff, it's Christmas, let's get them both, you know. You know, it's still consume, 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 which is something we'll get onto around food waste and things like that as well the more you know the more serious side of things but it is the most realistic in terms of what you do at Christmas mm. and I think it portrays it really really well but yeah I think to your point absolutely people expect it but my question back to you would be do they want it do they want it well this is it I mean do they want a mirror on reality <laughs> we talk about these real world Christmas ads one mm. of the campaigns this year which is slightly different to the rest is the IKEA campaign. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I found well, out. Apparently, that's what it's called now. I mean, I say IKEA. The way you now oh, have it's IKEA. 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 Whatever. We'll people let people decide. Um, but they've gone down this uh, route of um, the panic, the, the, the sheer panic lots of householders get at Christmas when they find that friends mm. are coming round for an impromptu drink or an mm. impromptu dinner or mince pie or whatever it is and, and therefore have to tidy the house up and this is seen as a sort of uh, irreverent look at Christmas mm. but I don't think it's that irreverent no. I think actually the people in this in this campaign at the start of the show are happy they're sitting around perfectly relaxed uh, sitting in there reading surrounded their book, by squalor surrounded by a slightly messy house <laughs> Uh, and suddenly they get a text message from a friend saying they're going to come round for a yeah. glass of bubbly and they have to go out shopping. Well, they don't. Yeah. They just come text back and say, no, you're not. Exactly, we're out, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, in so, in, you know, in, in, the problem is, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because Ikea have been criticising social media for, for perpetuating the social, you know, pres the, the pressures of society to, you know, to, to, be, to be seen as being, you know, polished and... And, and wealthy, well-to-do, you know, and it's just, it's just, again, it's sort of, is it a sort of a latent consumerism uh, message which plays to people's sort of darkest fears about, you know, not being seen as being wealthy and or fashionable and or, you know, um, interior design savvy, it, you know, is it, is, it, is, it a, is, is it a cynical way of, of, of putting the same lever? Do you do Secret Santa at CIM? Um, yeah, we do do Secret well, Santa. I, know, I never know what to buy at Secret Santa. No. Um, and it's a bit of a waste of £5, really. It's a complete waste of £5 for everybody involved, generally, I would say. Mm. Until this year, we launched, a, or last year, we launched a, a sanctuary where you bought a book that you'd like, or you could even chuck in a book that you'd read and just lying around your living room. Well, that's a good and idea. that was a massive hit. Yeah, that's yeah. a good because idea. Because actually, you're almost getting a recommendation from yeah, people yeah. who should know a bit about books. Seems and you're book, recycling book books book. by yeah. passing yeah. books on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you are recycling them. Indeed. But, but the pressure to buy, I think, is a, it's a sort of expectation trigger response, isn't it? Is that mm. there's an expectation to be pressured to buy, People therefore expect that from the campaigns. Mm. The campaigns feel they have to indulge it, and we come into this sort of vicious circle. Well, it's no coincidence that you know the big brands have all the children in their ads and all its cute and cuddly yeah. characters that they end up being able to buy the cuddly toy from. So yeah, the the pressure to buy is immense. Although I was reading that um, doesn't build up to this podcast about people who aren't buying presents for their family because they pretty much have everything that they need. So mm. why buy for the sake of buying? Why not choose where you then give that money or just don't 
purchase at all and just enjoy the day for what it's supposed to be. I think the issue is Christmas Day isn't Christmas, just Christmas Day, is it? You haven't got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. It starts in back in the 1st of November, which is which is two months before the actual date the itself. Finished. You know, the minute Halloween's, those those mm. pumpkins are off the shelf, in comes the <laughs> Christmas puddings and mince pies. And, you know, what have we spent so far so, today? Seven, £17 million pounds already this year on 17 mince million. pies. Million. £17 million. Pounds. And three million pounds on Christmas puddings. I mean, that is obscene. We spent three million on Christmas puddings already. Already. For those yeah, yeah, of the yeah, audience, yeah. this is recorded on whatever the date is today. November. The fourteenth of, of November. Fourteenth of November. And we've already accrued three million quid's worth mm. of Christmas pudding. I would like to know how that translates into increased um, inches on waists <laughs> around, around the country. <laughs> yeah, and also I think some, you know, some other figures in terms of if we're talking about absolute gross gluttonous festive season and we have seven million trees end up in landfill that's equivalent to a hundred thousand tons of greenhouse gases two million turkeys are purchased i'm not saying they're consumed because they're purchased mm. and a hundred thousand square kilometers of wrapping paper and more than a hundred thousand tons of plastic packaging is consumed which i know there's a lot of brands out there at the mm. moment and and uh, supermarkets trying to cut down on all of this but you know, it seems like we get to Christmas and we go, oh, it doesn't matter, it's Christmas. We'll just forget about all of the responsible behaviours that we've been trying to drive through mm. as, as the marketing profession. What is that all about, James? That suddenly we park it's, the entire conversation that we've been having. Yeah, because the thing, you know, you look at, you look at a, you know, a marketing annual laydown and there are some key, you know, commercial peaks throughout the year. Now, obviously, Christmas is the ultimate commercial peak so any sort of other brand message or marketing message doesn't get a look in because it's such a important part and and actually you know at, at what at what cost and actually at what at what what's the opportunity cost of that is that mm. that's a real chance the sort of zig zig when the world zags ying and all those sorts of um sort of counter counter strategies it's a real chance to drive advocacy um in a time when you know everyone is wasting you know the average of ten million pounds, sort of seven million media spend, and and a sort of a good three mil on production of these of these sort of high gloss stories that are that, that are pumped out, you know, and and it is it it is completely against the narrative that's being built across the year by these brands yep. around sort of you know this building swell of 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 sort of environmentalism that is is very much sort of prevalent at the moment. But yeah, let's just drop that, and you can almost see it on a on a on a spreadsheet where you talk about CSR has got plenty of sort of space in, in the middle months, but then when it comes to Christmas, no, nope, stop that. Yeah. Let's go let's go back to, you know, it's consumers consume it's consumer, isn't it? And mm. I think, you know, it's it's also a case of um, the buying cycles up to Christmas, especially for retailers, is is done probably eighteen months prior to the actual date. So mm. there's a commitment made back then. So, you know, the, the argument is, well, a lot changes in 18 months. It does, but the big topics still remain pretty stable in that climate change isn't going away, the impact right. of the environment isn't going away, sustainability and, and consumption of you know packaging and stuff and the need to reduce it hasn't gone away in the last 18 months. So it's a bit of an excuse as to why we've got all of this, this stuff coming through. Aside of the two million turkeys that we're buying, given that half the country doesn't even like turkeys, mm. I think they probably Cook don't. Badly. I don't think they're going to get eaten anyway. It's not even working for the retailers, is it? Black Friday, according to a lot of retailers, has been a complete disaster for, mm. for the high street. They're mm. effectively discounting from 
the 29th or 20, 30th of November, all the way through to Christmas. The Boxing Day sales is old hat. Yeah, yeah, we still look at the headlines on Boxing Day and go, oh, worst Boxing Day ever. Yes, because everybody started buying in August. So you're not going to get that, that, that anticipation yeah. and those record sales days. I mean, the only one that blew my mind recently was, you know, this Singles Day. In, in China, oh, and, yeah. and the, was it something like thirty-eight billion dollars yeah. sold on that day? It's just mind blowing. Mm. But you know, there are no there are no single days now when everything starts. It's it's an always on yeah. Boxing yeah. Day sale from the first of November all the way through to if it doesn't go on Boxing Day, then we got a New Year's Day sale and all mm. of that. So, I think it's you know you raise an interesting point of. It, the headlines aren't a reflection of the reality that sits underneath them. The singles days it was a bizarre concept in and of itself that instead of, if you were a singleton on this day, instead of going out and meeting people, you, the solution is just to go and buy more stuff. Yeah. Wasn't it a sort of a, it was, this, it was the day for single people as opposed to Valentine's Day being yeah, the, the day an for... Yeah, Valentine's Day. Yes, it was an anti-Valentine's Day sort of... Yeah. But again, I mean, who, who conjured it up? It's just another way to sell stuff, probably. I think from another marketing perspective, if you know, well, because obviously all, all the ads are coming out. Today we had John Lewis's ad mm. with the dragon and it's the first advert they've done in part, you know, with the Waitrose and John Lewis partnership. Oh, I, I, I must admit, though, I hate the obsession annually with this yes. ad. Ditto. Me too, me too. It, it's, it's, <laughs> they could do so much more. When you look at, I think, when you look at the millions that are spent on emotionally led ad campaigns on TV mm. to drive traffic into store, and then effectively you just go at price. You know, mm. it's, the mo- it's the easiest tactic to es- execute, which is pile them high and sell them cheap, you know. Mm. And I just find, why, why put so much effort and so much money into creating these these ads when actually what sits underneath them is goes back to I guess what we're trying been trying to move marketing away from which is you know just campaigns and coloring in and all mm. of that sort of stuff well it goes back to just the single p doesn't it price yeah which is which sort of is quite um quite a, 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 a very narrow focus when when you've got everything at your disposal at that time of year and you know on that John Lewis advert the, you know that inline showed them how much you care well they could show how much they care as a business by spending their ten million pounds, whatever it was, you know, in, in a far more compelling way, which would still drive footfall into their stores because yes. people it would resonate with them, and you know, it would it would increase their share of wallet and all those sorts of phrases and, and targets that they look to look to achieve at this time of year. But actually, spend that 10, quid, 10 million quid in a far more you know considered, impactful way. And you know what? I think you know you, you you start to really stand out from the crowd rather than coming up with another CGI animal. Give um, people a reason to spend their money in your store. In that you know we were talking this morning about for every ten pound we'll donate two pound to charity. Yeah. You're going to put an emotive reason on why people will yeah. go into your store or yeah. why people will buy online with you. Yeah, that might make the difference. People flipping between yeah. retailers, um, even if there is a small price differential with Amazon, people probably would do that because they yeah. they see it they they see an ancillary social benefit to it. Is anybody getting it right then? I think it's very subjective, isn't it? Christmas mm. ads are very subjective, but I, I mean, I think the frequency with which they're on just makes them very irritating more than anything. Um, and they, they've all gone down the same route, apart from Lidl and not IKEA, 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 as, as, as we've uh, we've as we've discussed. But I think it's just for me, it's the, the amount of money effectively wasted on them. 
because at the end of the day, in the days of social media, the first thing you do is you go on Twitter to look at the reaction to the John Lewis ad, and everyone's got an opinion, and most people are saying, you know, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. It'd be interesting to see how it translates into sales. Mm. CIM won't be thanked by the agencies for your encouraging less spend on advertising campaigns. Well, it's not, it's, I don't think it's, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's less spend, it's redirected spend, you know. Right. I think it's, it's reapportioning it, and actually, if you boil it down to what the objectives are at Christmas Christmas adverts it's to you know it's to engage on emotional level it's to tell a story in a really compelling way mm. uh, and it's to win hearts and minds and you know to drive footfall and pounds spent that make, can be done in a totally different way you can way. still make a really really wonderful ad doing for a good cause yeah. as opposed to animation and all mm. of, you know the clever stuff and spe- spending millions on a soundtrack to get the rights of that soundtrack and all of that yeah I think, you know, it's about putting putting the real meaning behind their strap line. Yeah, show, sure. well, show them how much you care. Show them how much you care by doing that. The agencies can still get involved and make these ads. They just don't need to be so wasteful. You see, I have a suspicion that a lot of the stuff we're getting at the moment simply doesn't resonate with a lot of the public because it doesn't reflect anything like their real Christmas. What's your Christmas like, Gemma? What's, what's a normal Christmas for you? A normal Christmas? Uh, Christmas is generally spent with uh, family and, um, yes, we eat and we open presents. I have a six-year-old daughter and there's cousins around and it is a family day. I mean, there's, I'll, I'll admit there's a way less emphasis on presents as the years have gone on. Yeah. And as we've got older, we've just done away with them. Only for the kids now, as you know, because we have got to the point of buying for the sake of buying. Yeah. And that is just wasteful on your bank balance and it's just wasteful on the things that you purchase that either get thrown away or they just sit around the house. I think that's quite common now that people, we're, we're the same, we've reduced the gift into gifting yep. yeah. between families and, and just, just for, for, for children, really. Um, James, does that reflect your Christmas? Absolutely. Well, my, my parents and my wife's parents are both divorced, which means we have to have Christmas Day times four. Right. Um, with, there is a film based on this very premise, I'm told. Probably, yeah. Four Christmases or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but I mean, again, I think that's the reality of, you know, today's society for a lot of people. It certainly is with a lot of my friends from school and university. So, you know, there is this rep- repetitive element of it, you know, sort of Groundhog Day, which... So ironically, is one of the films that we often watch on over Christmas. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it is that. It, it does nothing but, but add weight to the sort of repetitive, you know, nature of Christmas. You know, not only annually, but within each Christmas, it happens four times. And, and again, that's another driver for, for us as, as a family, deciding not to do presents, because there are now so many people to get presents for. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think... I think it, it, it's naturally a time where emotions are running high, either positively and/or negatively. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it, it's it's an easy it's an easy route in for marketers. Um, it's just this is just a real opportunity to do something different. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, for for the last twelve months, we've certainly twelve months plus, we've certainly been talking about you know the responsibility and the education that marketing is doing around some real world issues. Um, and some of the consequences of marketing changing customer behaviours, consumer behaviours. And then we've spent the last 12 months, you know, trying to educate people to change their behaviours for the better because we're obviously heading down the wrong path. And then you reach Christmas and we just revert, revert mm. completely back to, you know, what we used to do. And I think, as you say, it's a time now that we can make some 
some real changes. And I think what the messages that these brands and these organisations have been working towards, this is a time to really shine and, and pick those up and say, actually, we're not going to do your traditional Christmas ad. Mm. We're going to do it like this because we actually believe in our values and our purpose and all of those things. You know, they if you really believe in those, you've got to keep those behaviours going. And this is where we fall down. It's going to be interesting to see what um, Extinction Rebellion's response is to the to the industry's um, sort of step and repeat approach to this Christmas. One of the leading protagonists of Extinction Rebellion used to be an ad man. Right. So there was this beautifully crafted letter that was submitted to the industry um, that the drum, I think, initially picked up on and, and, uh, and, and covered, which was around, don't, you know, didn't, you, don't, you didn't think we'd forgotten about you guys. You know, as marketers, you have got the keys or, or the power to actually drive a change, a step change in your client's business. Uh, you know, and that's really what they could have done this Christmas. Now, yes, I appreciate that Christmas ads are planned in January for the, you know, they, they start planning in. So it's probably a bit out of sync, but it'll be interesting to see how that cascades down at all into next year and uh, into next Christmas and, and what that response might be from Extinction Rebellion. But it's, in, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've got all this data nowadays and we talk about customer value management and we talk about the fact that you take data and you use that data um, to look at behaviours and then you use it to acquire customers and you use it to retain customers and it's an ongoing cycle yet Christmas is planned 18 months back so mm. you know that's not real life and how do you know that somebody wants 10,000 pink boom boxes for Christmas you know why are you buying that many mm. um, and then you take the price down if things don't sell I think it just goes against everything we are seeing and, and doing and, and uh, you know as a profession on a daily basis. It's an interesting word that you used earlier, a few minutes ago, you said purpose, and you were talking about ad campaigns reflecting the purposes, but isn't that a deeper question to ask, is do they retain that purpose, and I'm talking about the brands that extol sustainability mm. um, or high ethical values, do you think they are retaining that actual actual purpose when it comes to Christmas? They're still businesses, they've still got to sell stuff, and this is a time where people are in the mood rightly or wrongly, to mm -hmm. buy things, mm -hmm. is there a sort of inbuilt natural sort of visceral resistance to actually um, uh, channeling that purpose when it comes to the end of November? I think, I think that we've seen, I mean, obviously looking at things and seeing what's out there at the moment, we you know there's the, there's the, the idea and, and the execution of hiring Christmas trees has, has increased in demand. And, you know, you, you buy them from certain farms and they will obviously come potted and then you take them back and they replant them. Right. I mean, I think that's a fantastic idea because yeah. it's, it's such a shame when you see all these Christmas trees going to the tip, mm. you know, after Christmas. Uh, Boots, interestingly, on their three for two toiletries and gift packs have gone to a more pick and mix type scenario. So they're saying, you know, ensuring that no product goes to waste. How does that work then? The pick and mix at Boots. What's that? Well, imagine maybe your old school pick and mix in Woolworths, where yep. you pick, pick only the sweets you actually like to eat. Right. It's the same thing with toiletries. Mm. You so pick. you're not sending your friend a whole bunch of toiletries that she only likes half of what's in yeah. there. Yeah. You assuming that yeah. they, that you know what they like, you can yeah. pick them from a range of different things. Right. Um, so you know that was interesting in terms of trying trying to reduce waste. So I think there are some where the messages are going through. I'd be really interesting to see around the whole... F I mean, food has got to be one of the biggest wastes mm. at Christmas. You know, just the... You know, a lot of the supermarkets are trying to lead on this environmental, sustainable yeah. message, being responsible. 
and, and therefore a perfect opportunity to, 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 to preach that message yes. at, the most, at the most gluttonous point of the year. This is again the nativity paradox coming through, is that people expect giant turkeys and Brussels sprouts to be marketed by the supermarkets at Christmas. They feel they have to eat it, even though a lot of people don't like those things. Thus, it's becoming a vicious circle of waste in that we're marketing things people don't want and people are buying things mm. they don't want. But I think, you know, as we, as we talked about in the last podcast, I think that nothing gets to sort of Gen Z's backs up more than being told what to do right. and having decisions made on their behalf. So, you know, this, the, if this is the year of Greta, you know, how will that impact marketers and their approach to Christmas going forward? I think as, as consumers, it's about being responsible. So, for example, responsible Christmas carding. Um, you know, Christmas cards, a lot more people are doing recyclable Christmas cards. Mm, There's right. charity Christmas cards. So there is elements of good behind it. But how do you truly know what's happening to those Christmas cards when you get rid of them? And we argue this all the time around fast fashion. All the retailers and the people that sell fast fashion say, you know, we let people send stuff back. We let it be recycled. Nobody actually knows what happens to it once you've sent it back. You know, you yeah. are just in the belief that they are going to do the right thing. So I think there is, you know, the element around of, of people taking it upon themselves to say, well, what are you going to do with, with things if I, I can send them back to you or I can recycle them with you? I thought it was interesting that Argos um, was recreating the Book of Dreams, mm. bringing that back. I mean, how sustainable is printing that book out? They'll say know? it's recyclable. It this is. is re- the... I looked on their website. It is yeah. 100% recyclable, but that's putting it's... the responsibility in the hands of the people that pick it up and take four of them home. Are they recycling them? It's not a frictionless exercise. No, no. Really not. It, it, it's one that could be avoided altogether. Yeah, this is this is the the the, the revival of the Argus catalogue mm. as a thing. Is mm. this right? Is this right? Yeah. yeah. Which you know, it was a thing. It was a thing. You it know, and it really strikes with me. You yeah. know, being the age I am, and you know, thumbing through the, and it was it it was a book of dreams, and I think that as that as a line is fantastic. Yeah. But that was. Thirty years ago, or so, yeah. you know, and actually, I think we've moved on a bit since then. But you know, what else do Argos have to, to to lead on? I think that was the that was the sort of challenge that they probably faced. Christmas crackers is another one, isn't it? Oh, There's yes. a lot of messaging in the yeah. moment around recyclable Christmas crackers. A lot of a lot of um, the supermarkets and brands are talking about um, the fact that they they're taking out single use plastic toys in their crackers. But there's still a lot of waste. You have to spend a lot of money on Christmas crackers to buy Christmas crackers that contain a toy that anybody wants. Well, there is that as well. Mm. But also, Christmas equals glitter, and glitter yeah. is Not just one of the most un- unenvironmentally friendly um, you know, products ever. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and virtually every wrapping paper contains plastic, so it's not a great time of year for the planet. Do you think it's going to change at any time soon? Because we... we, we People probably have similar conversations, particularly like me. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a Christmas sceptic, as you can probably tell. Um, I have a sort of internal conversation, if not an external one, pretty much every year. And nothing really changes. Christmas is one of these things which is just inert. People go through the motions. I, think, I don't think, think organisations, brands, will change until behaviours maybe change against them. You know, if they do the same thing and they get the same result, then they're not likely to to change that. And it would be a very brave brand that took a massive step change against Christmas. I think, you know, we've seen some some smaller brands, you know, Black Friday as a Patagonia had don't buy don't buy this coat. Mm. Um, and then they were they were giving, I think it was the all of the money on that they made on Black Friday to charity. But 
you know, whilst that's going on in a very small corner, you've still got the main noise of Black Friday, which is buy, 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 buy. You know, so actually, I think you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite optimistic. I think if it's the year of woke, if it's the year of Greta, and it's the year of Extinction Rebellion, I think there is genuinely a, a swell of movement which is, which is sort of building, and I, I, you know, I'm positive in the impact that that's going to have. So, who originally stole Christmas? Was it the consumer? Was it retailers, or was it marketers? It's a bit chicken and egg, isn't oh, it? I think. Yeah. It's a I bit... would say maybe consumers came a little bit last. I think I think marketers are responsible. You know, the marketing profession is responsible for uh, creating behaviours and driving behaviours. But I guess that's as you say, it's a learnt pattern from consumer purchase. But I think it's. I'd say marketing is a little bit more responsible because marketing is still driving those behaviours. And we have seen in other areas around, you know, the more important things, such as real world, real world stuff, where marketing is really driving a more responsible educational message to change behaviours. And, and people are now starting to change their behaviours. Mm. So, you know, I would argue that marketers effectively stole Christmas and they keep stealing it every year. So if they stole it, I think maybe they did, mm. is it their job to find its essence, bottle it, and get it back? Yeah, 100%. They, they have the power to. As, as Extinction Rebellion Lesser said, <laughs> the power is in their hands. It really is. And, you know, if, if it's about anticipating and delivering on needs, then, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, as, as the needs grow for, for a more sustainable sort of future... And then it's the marketer's responsibility to deliver on that. I mean, if everybody just, as they went through those three days over Christmas, where you eat and you unwrap stuff, just think about when you look at your pile of presents, how much stuff are you really going to keep and how much food you've put in the bin? I reckon you, you if you're not a responsible person, you're going to have to feel a little bit of guilt, a pang of guilt, you know? <laughs> because everybody overbuys and everybody overeats. Mm. Maybe next year we won't. James, Gemma, have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Join us on Election Day when we discuss the world's craziest marketing campaigns. CIM Podcast.